Grief in Recovery. I'm Carl. I'm a natural born asshole. (laughs) 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 My sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. Sober Pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Sober Pod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober, and as always, stay active, stay sober. Hey, you know, Chelsea, you know one thing you can do to help the podcast? Hmm. You can buy this fucking book. Um, I, I should buy the fucking book and just hand it out to all my peeps that could benefit from it. No shit. You know, the sales have really slumped, just FYI. So, if, like, we're like, like I don't think... I don't think in the month of October we've had one sale. So, um, so if you, I, hey, and it's not a bad book, by the way. Um, so it's a good book. I like I it. Think, I think it's a really good book. Uh, so, uh, so go to silverpod.com. That's how you get there, silverpod.com. And then you'll see a link right off the main area. I haven't changed it in a long time. It's in a big, big, big green button right as soon as you get to the homepage. It says buy the book. So click there. You'll go to Amazon and then you'll be able to buy the book. It's $12.22 and we get $1.80 for every purchase of it. And basically we priced it so fucking low so that you could afford it. You fucking broke ass fucking alcoholics <laughs> and addicts. You can at least get it. Uh, and then uh, so that'll help us keep this engine running. Uh, this is a this is a little machine that needs its own gasoline, and so by all means, look at me rhyme like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so by, by all means, uh, uh, buy the motherfucking book. So it's uh, 366 fucking days sober is what we're reading, and it is uh, 366 daily meditations for the rebel seeking transformation in recovery. Look at me <laughs> fucking radio. You voice. know, it would be like an awesome stocking stuffer or like a gift for. Uh, your sponsor or your sponsee. So you know, here's the thing. Ideas there. I got a friend, uh, Rick. He was on the show once, uh, old guy Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says uh, instead of giving coins, because everybody gives medallions, right? Uh, that he gives them this book now because it's like it's also oh, cheaper. That's so cool. Than some of those coins, those medallions, they're like I eighteen, know. nineteen dollars, or twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So, um, so here you can buy a twelve dollars and twenty two cent book and then give them. This this book at a year sober instead, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a cool deal. It'd be cool to use like at meetings. I don't know if you ever used um, the daily meditations like as a I topic yeah. for a meeting. Yeah. You know, that'd be just an idea. Someone could take uh, one of those daily meditations of yours and just, you know, pose it as a topic. Just be prepared for some weird shit, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Be prepared to change some topics because there's a few. Well, there's also that one page that says, like, you know, you've done too much, take a break, and it's a blank page. They're like, well, everybody just close the meeting and go home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, be prepared for some weird shit, I guess. Okay, so um, so Chelsea, we are reading from the book. Um, Anything you want to talk about, discuss? Anything you want to share? Have you um, actually? um, Yes. Is there? 
Yeah, there is. Oh my God, so, I just asked it out of the blue too. <laughs> well, I was going to bring it up, but then you, you know, you, it's like you read my mind, you mind oh. reader, you. Um, so I actually wanted to share this, like, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago, essentially I shared, um, my experience, strength and hope at the SOS meeting. So oh, yeah. the official meeting of sober pod on zoom, it's the solutions on Saturday's meeting. What times, what are the times? 6 p.m. Pacific standard time, 9 p.m. Eastern standard time. Okay. So it's a great meeting. If you haven't checked it out, the information's on our website, so you can uh, join if you want. But that being said, um, I had like a really special moment and um, I just wanted to share it. So after, you know, I always preface my story with my story is not that cool. Like it's really not, it's not this triumphant, like, you know, underdog story where my life was shit and then I bounced back and everything's amazing. Like, you know, mine's more of a mediocre, like, you know, I, I didn't go to treatment. Like I didn't lose everything in my life. Right. And so, um, at the end of the meeting, you know, people were sharing and there's this one guy, Alan, um, shout out to Alan. Um, he also, I believe just hit four years sober, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so congrats, but Alan really just like lifted my spirits. And he said, you know, I know that you say your um, story isn't that special. It isn't that amazing, but he, he went on to tell me all the reasons why like it is. And, um, you know, like you were in a relationship that was toxic and you ended up staying together and, you know, moving on and, you know, just like all these little, uh, things I hadn't thought about that didn't, I thought made my story not so special. He was just, you know, really affirming and saying, you know, your story matters too. And it's great to hear. And I got a lot of great feedback from people that I was not expecting because it's, it's kind of nerve wracking being like a speaker, you know, and for me, I, still sometimes feel like an imposter. I know I'm not, but like, I still get that because I didn't go down the traditional fuck up your whole life, end up in rehab. Like that just wasn't my story. And so it was really nice to hear. Yes. I started off that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So it was just, it was really cool to hear that from Ellen. And it was definitely something that I needed to hear um, just to kind of um, boost me up because I wasn't feeling super awesome after I shared. So it was great. It was an amazing meeting and I wish I could attend more, but unfortunately I, I'm working a lot of uh, night shifts on Saturdays, so I can't always attend. Yeah, Yeah. But you know, when I can attend, I will show up and there's such good people there. Like V, thank you so much for hosting it every week. And you know, all the, all the hooligans on there just love all of you <laughs> exactly it's, it's so yeah what are. about you anything that that you have um a burning desire to share carl no I'll just you know the my uh, we're recording right now in um in my it's about it's about two thirty in the afternoon on friday and uh my daughter's gonna come home the dogs are gonna bark uh, they're gonna interrupt the podcast so you guys just know that like every time i record like there is always potentially uh, a uh, a loud do- dog barking bomb that's about to go off. So, uh, so if you guys do hear that, I apologize. 
No, same. My dog's actually yeah. in the room with me, so it's always like a dangerous yeah. game we're playing. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. All right. So, um, so no, I don't really, I don't, you know, I got nothing. I just, you know, which is a good thing, right? Because like, you know, I haven't, um, um, yeah, I haven't had anything. I mean, there's things that have been going on. Definitely. There's things that like, you know, interpersonal relationships kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, I think I'm navigating well, but like, I don't like, there's nothing like that's that's like knocking down my door right now. So I think that, uh, that's good. So Boring's knock good. On wood. Yeah. I was going to say knock on wood, knock on Knock on my penis, uh, if you will. <laughs> all right. So uh, <laughs> knock on the proverbial wood. Um, all right. So we're reading from the book, uh, 366 Fucking Days Sober, uh, written by yours truly. And and actually, uh, so October 28th is what we're doing. And uh, so get out your, uh, your books, children, and read along. Um, this one is a little hard for me because this one actually it really talks about, um, you know, um, I guess where this book uh, you know, if you if you read the introduction, you know the reason why I started writing this book is because my uh, my sponsor had died, and um, in this reading in particular tries to address some of that that's happening. You know, I was grieving a lot actually when I wrote this book. Uh, is is that the, is that the Prince lyrics though? I was grieving when I wrote this, or is it? Is, is, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he said I was dreaming when I wrote this, right? <laughs> so yeah, sorry. So I'll, I just changed the, the lyrics to "I was grieving when I wrote this." So, um, okay. So this is October twenty eighth. Do you want to read, or do you want me to read? I like it when you read again. I don't think there's any cussing here, though. <laughs> I can read. All right. Awesome. Um. All right. So October twenty eighth. Grieving any loss is hard. I have never experienced the thought or topic of grief more than in recovery. We mourn the loss of our former selves, the loss of alcohol, the loss of childhood, the loss of friends, and right now, for me, the loss of my friend and sponsor. In the last eight years, I have enjoyed watching a natural leader guide and nurture people with love, kindness, and an overwhelming show of empathy and compassion. I have witnessed the principles of our program in action up close, expressed through the heart of one of the most endearing men I have ever met. It is not easy to love and lose someone close to you. An overwhelming emptiness surrounds the thought and expression of love I once had for that man. They say, quote, grief is just love with no place to go. And I understand that today more than I would care to. Reflections. Am I grieving the loss of something? Daily challenge. Don't be afraid to name it if you feel a sense of loss. It's called grief and it's okay to feel it. Call grief, and it's okay to feel it. Um, I guess uh, answer the question. You know, am I grieving the loss of something? If I, you know, um, you know, I definitely grieve my sponsor. There's no, no doubt about. It. Just even reading this, like just you reading it, like brings tears to my eyes. To literally sit there, and, um, and just to, just to, you know, when I, when you start reading the description of, uh you know, the loss of my friend and sponsor, just to see the, the loss of friend there is like, Oh, like, Oh yeah. He's like, it's like one of my like very closest friends that I'd never like, in a whole different way. Right. Because there's friends that I had when I was drinking and yeah, we did a lot of shit. You know, we fucking like, you know, did a lot of shit, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but then this is like different. It's like, you know, I could talk to this man, you know, um, for hours, you know, just mm -hmm. and, 
And we did. And my wife like accused me of sounding like a teenage girl when I would uh, talk to this man because we were we would <laughs> we'd be on the phone for hours just talking mm-hmm. like little girls, you know. Um, but you know the one thing that uh, you know, and I talk about is like I at the very beginning I talked about uh, the thought or topic of grief. Uh, more than in recovery, like you know, I've never experienced the topic of grief more than in recovery, uh, and uh, you know, because I didn't. If I really look back on my process in recovery, like when I first got into recovery, I was grieving the loss of alcohol because it was my friend, all right, and it was the thing that I had an attachment to more than anything. It kept me from myself, right, and others, and. Um, you know, so just me and my little friend off in the little world doing our little isolation drinking. And, and I didn't, I, I grieved the life that I once had or the thought processes that I once had. Um, I grieved the loss of myself on some level, you know? So for me, um, the grief that I got, um, through, um, just that alone, just through stopping drinking was hard. But then, um, then I had to, uh, you know, I, I got into ACA and, um, and I had to like approach like some really hard things about my childhood or about not having a childhood that other people seem to have. And I didn't realize that that's what it was going on. And so I kind of like had to come to terms and grieve that loss as well. And then with my sponsor, you know, again, there's so many things that happen, um, in recovery that you just like, you got to come to terms with on a different level. And grief was something that I never really approached or talked about because it just wasn't something I understood. I never had enough feeling, I guess, or understanding of my own feelings to even know that I was grieving. You know, um, just even, um, you know, when I wrote this, I think that I was talking to my current sponsor and, and I was talking about like feeling sad about my friend and my sponsor and da da da, and he was like, "Yeah, you're grieving. Let's call it grief, you know." And I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, like it didn't even register like for me to call it grieving, because mm-hmm. to me that word was reserved for like a widow, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't reserved, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. what's that? Like funerals and and yeah. you know, like family members close to the person. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't." I shouldn't grieve, quote unquote, my childhood or grieve alcohol or, you know, but that's exactly what it is, right? Like, you know, I grieved these things and, and that's a much different feeling than like feeling upset that I can't drink, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, for sure. you know, it's like, it's a deeper, more visceral, more like ongoing, um, thing that just like has, and again, when you say, talk about the grief, you know, is love with no place to go. That is really more about feeling with people and and a sense of loss that is much more, you know, not for alcohol necessarily. Yeah, even though I did love alcohol, I guess. <laughs> you know, so, you know what I mean? It, it it is a different feeling when you say something like that. So what about you? Do you ever, um, again, uh, things that we don't really talk about, um, like uh, when it comes to grief, it's like, um, you know, Grief, like a loss of childhood, like loss of innocence, mm-hmm. um, like that's something that maybe like, y- y- you know, before recovery, I never really, um, never really considered that that's kind of like something that was taken from me and that I never got to have. So therefore, like I never knew it. Right. But how do you 
How do you grieve the loss of something that you never even understood that you didn't have? And as you get older, you kind of, you you, do, you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of like, yeah. it's like, like I didn't have a childhood. Like, you know, I fuck mm-hmm. like not the one like other people seem to have, you know? It's yeah. like they talk about their childhood so differently. And I go, wait a minute. <laughs> like, that's not that's not my child. You know what I mean? You realize yeah. that you're like off and in a different I, world. I so. imagine as you being a father, like that's difficult, too, because, you know, you want to give your kids everything. You want them to have this incredible childhood. And at the same time, like realizing probably at some point, like. I never had this. I never had a like a warm, safe place. I didn't get to play and and be carefree, you know, um other than like fucking shit up and lighting things on fire like you did. That was probably pretty fun, but you know, like <laughs> yeah, for, um, for attention, of course, there's I'm a sure reason for this. Mourning um and grieving the the life that you could have had and you know, mm-hmm. while it, it's kind of bittersweet, like seeing that you can offer that to your children, but you, you didn't get to experience that yourself. And those are memories that you won't have, you know? And so I could understand that for sure. I, um, I'm kind of like torn because I feel like for me, my childhood, if we're just going to stick on that topic is, um, I did have periods of, you know, fun and, and being able to be a kid and, you know, things that I remember that are good and I was innocent. And then there are also times where like I was really forced to grow up really fast. You know, I had a brother that was really sick. Um, I kind of got put on the back burner. Um, my parents split up when I was young, we lost our house to foreclosure. Like, you know, there was a lot of loss that happened in my childhood and I'm grateful that my siblings don't remember it or weren't really a part of it. But at the same time, that's something that I didn't deal with until I was much older because I just had to keep going. I couldn't dwell on, you know, what I had lost. I just had to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then now as an adult, I I am sad that, you know, I didn't have the same experiences that other people I know did. And I look at how well adjusted they are and I'm like, well, no (laughs) wonder, (laughs) no wonder I'm a little fucked up in the head, but you know, and so there, it's okay to like grieve that. And, you know, it, it seems kind of silly. It's like, how can I grieve something that I never had, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, that's just it. It's, it's kind of like the idea or the knowing that, um, you could have had something similar to others and, you know, comparing yourself to others isn't always a healthy thing, but it's okay. It's simply okay to like experience the feelings that you are like there's nothing wrong with that there's no way you should be or should feel um so and i think that's i think that i kind of heard what you were saying um like you you shouldn't do this you shouldn't believe that and um it's okay (laughs) i'm just i'm here to say it's okay and like you can grieve things that makes absolutely no sense to anyone else and it's still okay to to be where you are right now. Yeah. We did an episode on grieving, you know, again, we did like the, you know, the stages of grief and, and again, they're not, uh, everybody talks, I'm almost tired of saying it is, I'm tired of hearing it, which is like, you know, there are no, like, um, they're not consecutive orders of stages of grief, right? Like you can feel anger at any time. You can feel sadness at any time you can feel, you know, and it comes and it goes and it fucking comes in waves and, and it comes, you know, whatever bounces around and all that other good shit. Um, you know, uh, 
but let me just say like the, the weirdest not the weirdest maybe like i don't know maybe more positive thing i don't even know like i was watching um this is my, my youtube algorithm has brought me into uh um uh, afterlife videos right like people like talking about like life after death right and like some people like have come back you know and that they see like you know, again this uh the, you know the universe is love and like all these other things like there's energy and all this other weird shit right but here's the thing is like it may it helped me in this really weird way to like understand like about death you know in that way to say like oh like you know it gave me more hope i'm not i'm not like a big heaven dude you know religious you know afterlife dude but what it did is it reminded me that like well potentially that there's something after all this anyway right so it's, you know and and quote unquote like you know my sponsor went to a better place right maybe right so that was kind of okay because i needed that right i needed that kind of narrative in order to feel better and move on so i was almost comforting myself watching this shit because i was like again this is somebody that like i have i if I did have somebody close to me, it was always at an arm's distance. And so this is the first person in my life that I would have loved and that I said I love you too, that I lost in a way that where it made a difference, right? And it was it was like it was heavy. And so um so I just felt like, you know, uh like I I got to feel all the stuff. That was the other thing. Even in his death he was still teaching me how to do this. And w- great in it but now i still have to learn and go through it i still have to like feel my way through it and uh as much as i uh i dislike that thought i actually there's a sick not a sick part of me there's a healthy part of me that says you get to do this like you get to mm-hmm. feel this all the way through and isn't that wonderful right that there's a there, there's a process you know that it, i this too shall pass and all you know that i'm supposed to be feeling this i'm supposed to be going through this there's a and you'll and you'll be better for it you know yeah you're, right it's it's yeah. something that your sponsor's teaching you even even though he's not here um it's it's going to make you a better human it's going to make make you a better uh sponsor to others and um you know it's it sucks like there's no way around it um, well th- the way i see it is that I'll be able to kill people close to me and not feel so bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, not, so, not, not, <laughs> let's take it use easy, that Carl. one on the stand. I'll tell you that right now. They're going to take that <laughs> one into the courtroom. Listen, your honor. <laughs> well, I can, I can totally understand like you're going down that YouTube rat- rabbit hole of, um, life after death stories or, you know, I survived type type deal. Um, my brother was one of those stories where he was clinically dead for a few minutes and came back, um, you know, and it was uh, kind of a life-changing experience for our whole family. But so with that being said, I've always had a belief in something beyond this life, right? And mm-hmm. so even though I'm not a religious person, I I feel like I'm a spiritual person and um I, I, I'm very connected to my loved ones who have passed on and, you know, some people may not understand this or, you know, are kind of on the fence about it, but I, um, my uncle who passed away in 2020, um, he was also an alcoholic who had stayed sober and we were very close. And, um, about a year later, 
I decided I was going to reach out to a medium. I happened to see this lady on Instagram and I was like, that's my girl. Like she, she's like someone that I can connect with. And so I booked a session with her and it was the most amazing, like healing experience I've had in a long time because, you know, not only is, is she like giving me evidence that like she knows who he is and like our situation, um, but she's telling me things that things that I don't necessarily want to hear and things that I need to hear to move on and heal. And it was just such a powerful experience to, to like be able to, I was sobbing the whole time, you know, yeah. like it was just so overwhelming, but to be able to be in contact with Bob, my, my uncle again, and, um, know that it was him talking to me and hearing shit that I, that he needed to tell me, um, it was, it was really powerful. And so, um, for people who are grieving out there, like, don't think that it's the end, like for sure. Like you can't ever talk to that person. I talk to my uncle all the time, you know, I'll, I'll be chilling in my car and I'll talk to him and I've got this like little, um, it's cool. He made on the trip he went on before he died, he made me this little round, it's like a, a wood circle that has a hole in it that he put on like a little bracelet. But this wood medallion, he um, took, uh, I don't even know, he, he burned the wood into the AA triangle. And um, somehow it made its way back to me despite like, you know, him being in a car accident. And, you know, so I keep that in my car and I'll just spin it and, you know, think about him and, and pray and stuff like that. So there are ways to always stay connected to people. And, you know, I still go through those phases of grief, you know, like acceptance, and then I'll be angry and then I'll be crying and depressed. And, you know, it, it cycles. And, and I think that's just the nature of it. But I feel like the more I allow myself to feel those feelings, the better I'm able to like move on, you know, you're never going to forget it, but you can move forward and, and like, you know, do what you got to do a little bit. Um, it's a little bit easier the more you practice that and allow yourself to feel that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that ironically enough, my, my sponsor, John would talk about all the time, which was like, you know, to not feel sorry for yourself, but you're allowed to feel sorrow for those things that did happen and transpire because um because that was just really part of the experience right and then um you know for me it's like i never let myself feel sorrow for it sometimes i'd feel sorry for myself for sure i mean you know crying in your beer or whatever or whatnot <laughs> but uh, uh but yeah i never allowed myself to really feel through the sorrow of loss of childhood loss of adulthood even in drinking you know, those types of things, the loss of um, the human experience, right? You know, it's like we cut ourselves off from a lot of that uh, as we uh, as we are in our drug and drinking and in, you know, fucked up relationships or whatever, what have you. We cut ourselves off from literally the human experience from ourselves. And so um, so I guess there is a part of like, you know, to to feel sorrow for, you know, I guess, you know, who you who you had to be in those moments or who you were, uh, but not to feel sorry for yourself 
in all that stuff. And that's really important. That's something to remember to say like, Hey, like, yeah, yes, that happened to acknowledge it, to move into it, uh, and to lean into all that, all those feelings around it. Um, because if you don't, you know, those are the things for me, if we're coming back to, I don't know, the name of the show is uh, fucking sober pot again. Uh, <laughs> talk about being sober. <laughs> it's like, for me, if I didn't do those things, those are the things that were going to lead me back to drinking. Those same thought patterns and processes about how I stuffed shit down, how I kept it tampered down because like I didn't I didn't know how to feel that shit. So therefore, if I if I didn't know how to feel a certain way, it must be bad and it must be uh it must be drank down. I must push it down with, you know, drugs, fucking, you know, sex, gaming, porn, you name it. I must be put somewhere else other than, you know, through the filter of my heart and brain, you know? So to me, it's like, that's what we're talking about in terms of grief. It's like, you know, it's like, that's why I say at the, at the very end to like name it, right? You know, don't be afraid to name it. If you feel a sense of loss, like, you know, again, because we're always taught, especially dudes, you know, like, you know, you, you know, fucking pussy, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, suck it up and go butter a cup and go fucking, you know, you hear that shit in meetings all the time. Somebody trying to pull that tough card or whatever uh, when somebody else is hurting, you know. So what yeah. I say is like, fuck that, you know, feel the loss, fucking name it. And and it's grief and it sucks and it's hard. But you know what? You can do that, too. You know, it's like you just you fucking you name it, you acknowledge it and you move on. And. I mean, maybe you don't move on. Maybe you just keep feeling it. You know, I think that's the other thing is like, I think, um, it's, it's so hard too. like talking about my sponsor. Um, like I, you know, I, I, w- I feel a different way than I'm sure other people do. And it's very hard for me. Like when I go to the club, right. He was a, he was a big part of going on at the club and he was, he was a pre- uh, the president of the club too. Um, so when I go there, I get a different sense or a different feeling. People are like, Hey, it's just a meeting. And like, it's all good shit. And everybody's at the meeting. I get fucking super sad. Cause I'm like, Oh, like John's not here. You know what I mean? And that just like fucking, it hurts. And I, I think some people like don't see that at all, you know? And so when I walk into the room, everybody's really happy. And I walk into the room, I'm like, I don't feel happy anymore. <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it is a, it's, a, it's a lot for me to like kind of move through, but I do it, right? Because that was, because that's what John would have done too, right? John yeah. would have found a way to move through it. And I think that's leaning into it. It's hard. It's, you know, it's really hard. So, um, so yeah, what, I guess the advice would be like, you know, pick at the scabs. Don't fucking like, you know, don't give up, you know, lean into that shit, you know, do it, do it without a fucking drink or a drug. And fucking, and it gets better, I guess. <laughs> it does get yeah. better. Hey, it I, might just, it might just look differently from what you're expecting. You know, life will never go back to the way that it was prior, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to shape you into the person you're meant to be and, and prepare you for, you know, hard things to come, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I find it, um, I find it rewarding in um, every time that I have to go through something shitty like this because it's just allowing me to uh, step back and reevaluate like what's important to me. It makes me slow down and feel my emotions. You know, I get to feel those now. I, um, 
because if I don't like, that's just, that's just, you know, pushing me right back to a drink. You know, if I, if I start, like you were saying, stuffing those things down, like that's eventually where I'm going to end up. And, um, to be honest, like I've, I've had that crazy ass thought of, you know, who's going to have to die to make it okay for me to drink again, you know, and, and I already had that person in my mind, like, okay, well, when that person passes, you know, then, you know, no one will fault me for, for picking up another drink. And, um, so, so now every time that I have to go through one of these tough losses, um, you know, I come out stronger and I come out, you know, seeing that, okay, I, I am able to get through this. I can do the hard things and I can do them sober, um, which seemed impossible, you know, before mm-hmm. sobriety, like absolutely not. Like I remember going to funerals and then immediately getting drunk and like, or even getting drunk before the funeral and, um, you know, just have having that as a way to cope. And it's, it's unfortunate, uh, but but that's not who I am anymore. And I get to go through all of the feelings, the good and the bad. Um, so it's a blessing. It, it may not seem like it at first, like, especially if you're newly sober and you're dealing with a loss or even the loss of like, one thing that I, I felt the loss of was my friends or the people who I thought were my oh, friends. Because, I didn't even think about that because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, when I got sober, suddenly people didn't want to hang out with me, you know, and, and people wouldn't invite me places. Or if I was invited somewhere, I was kind of like the outcast, you know, I didn't have those people. And, um, so eventually I just felt very, very lonely, you know, like, oh, well they only like me when I'm the party girl, when I'm a good Mm -hmm. time. Um, and then, you know, it, it just, as time went on, I realized those weren't really my friends and the people who were my true friends were the ones that weren't partying with me. Go figure. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. the ones that like actually loved me and, and cared about me. So, you know, but grieving the, you know, those good times or those people like, you know, that's, that's something that I had to grow from. And, you know, now I see it as a blessing because I can immediately tell who matters to me and, yeah. and who's just kind of this superficial fair weather friend that, you know, isn't going to stick around when things get tough. Yeah, I guess when, when you're, I, yeah, I was 42 when I got sober by then, I drank everybody out of my life. So anybody that did matter, they were not fucking coming around anyway um, because they, they just knew what they were dealing with. So, you know what I mean? Like there's, it was just didn't exist. But, um, you know, so I even look at it today and I go, oh yeah, like I used to have a fear that, uh, um, you know, but towards the end of my drinking, basically I was like, oh yeah, nobody's going to show up to my funeral. Like nobody's going to fucking, like it's going to be a fucking, just crickets, you know? And, um, today, like I do not have that fear at all. Like I know that there will be people at my funeral and you talk about the, you know, the fair weather friends. It's like, that's all I ever had. I don't honestly, I maybe a few, like maybe a few. But a uh, very few, right? But now that I'm sober, it's like, oh, the ones that I do have, they're fucking like, they are the people that will stick around. They're the people that if I lost my house today, I could call them and ask if I could, you know, sleep in their couch or whatever, right? And they would mean, yes, it would be okay. They wouldn't just look for, yeah, as long as you bring over a six pack or whatever, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. So, um, so yeah, I definitely, I feel you there. You know, it's uh, definitely, uh, um, you know, I, I think what was hard for me, because my only relationships were around work. So when you talk about that, it reminds me like, oh, yeah, 
I I couldn't go out with people at my job because that's like that's what they did after, you know. I mean, they would have one or two, right? And then they would go whatever, and I would be I would close the fucking bar down. Like I'd be calling my wife at one in the morning, going like, I can't fucking drive. And then she'd be like, Well, you did it to yourself. Fucking have fun with that, you know. And um, but they didn't. You know what I mean? They didn't close down the bar. They all left after one or two, but I fucking stayed. And uh, you know, and again, making fair weather friends, right? People I'd fucking wouldn't even fuck I couldn't even remember who the fuck they were so um so yeah <laughs> so how I, yeah, important I, they were to you <laughs> exactly exactly it's also important so yeah so I even then like so I know like I, I grieved like not going out to at, with the with the people at my work right uh, in some weird way too um but yeah I, I but now that I look back on it, I was like that was a fucking childish thing there too right like they mattered you know no because again it's like they only cared about me when I worked there, duh, and they they really didn't care about me when we went out to drink either, because they just left and went home. Uh, so yeah, so either way, uh, so hey, I do want to uh, I do want to point out we were talking about this a little bit, and it hasn't really, maybe I don't know, we haven't talked about it before. You know, we have this book, but we also have a free book. Um, it's a, a download book which we did a while ago. Um, it's uh, emotional intelligence. Like, do you remember that book, Emotional mm-hmm. Intelligence? Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and what we're talking about here is like a lot of emotion and being able to like track your emotions and like all these other weird things that maybe we don't talk about enough. But one of the things that we, um, my, I was talking to my new sponsor, we were talking about the feelings wheel. Um, do you remember the feelings wheel? Oh, Chelsea? how can I forget Carl? <laughs> so, Your favorite so, feelings it wheel. Is. It is. We did. We did like six episodes of the episodes that we no longer have up, but we did them on the on the feelings wheels, and we would like pick our like feelings wheel topics, and it was kind of cool. But here's here's what you do: you go to silverpod.com slash glass case of emotion, all <laughs> a lowercase, no spaces. So I'm gonna repeat it again: silverpod.com slash glass case of emotion, and then you will get access to an ebook uh, through like PDF. Uh, or EPUB or whatever. We even have like worksheets around the uh, the feelings wheel. We have like you know to like kind of develop your emotional intelligence, like a little emotional tracker. We even to add to all that stuff, we have a sleep tracker in there as well. So um, it's a lot. So you, you get like this nice like I think it's like thirty page booklet or something that talks about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's kind of neat. Help you to get in touch with your emotions and help you to understand what fucking emotions are versus the three that you currently have. Uh, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a newly you know person in recovery, I'm sure you have like three or four emotions that you go to on a regular basis. But did you know there's a shit ton more? <laughs> so, there are, there are, and we were very surprised at how many there were that we didn't realize were emotions. So, <laughs> exactly. So you can, and if you just want to look that stuff up too, you can go to uh, feelingswheel.com. Uh, it's available there, uh, or just look up the feelings wheel in general, and then you'll see that, like you know, based off of the what is it, the the top seven primary emotions, there are other emotions relating to those things. So, for instance, if you're like angry. Um, you know, there's a subset of that, which is like, you know, a, a bunch of others, but like you could be bitter or mad or aggressive or frustrated. Right. And I was always say to other people like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. And I never put the two and two together that frustrated was a subset of being angry. Just mm-hmm. never occurred to me. Like frustrated <laughs> was just like, 
you know, and again, when you get behind that too, it's like there's another level of that too. So, so not to ruin the surprise, but go to feelingswheel.com and figure out your emotion right now. If you are feeling something, right? Go to feelingswheel.com, figure out what you're feeling, and then follow that little trail down. So if you're angry and then you're frustrated, then you must be something else other than frustrated too, right? So check that next emotion level down. Mm -hmm. All right, yo. Um, Chelsea, what did we say? Um, no, what did we say? It's It's been a time. It's about 40 minutes we've been recording or so. Um, I think that's a sufficient amount of time to have a podcast. Um so Chelsea, not to end it short or anything, um, but you got shit to do. I got shit to do. Like I got, <laughs> I got karaoke to go to on a Friday night. Ooh. To, you know, you should actually come for karaoke. It'd be yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is. Uh, we're calling it uh, this Friday. We're calling it karaoke. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so uh, sometimes we just call it soberoke, right? So soberoke. Karaoke sober, <laughs> uh, but this this Friday we're calling it karaoke. So um. So Chelsea, um, we got places to be. So can you, um, I don't know, take us home. Can you like finalize this whole thing? Finalize it. Um, with grieving, um, you got to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And unlike the people, (laughs) (laughs) I know you were saying, Carl, that you've got like, you know, those, those dudes at a meeting that are like, suck it up. And, you know, but that the most like, uh, scary thing but also courageous thing you can do is allow yourself to be vulnerable allow yourself to feel what you're feeling it doesn't have to make sense it probably won't make sense for a while but you got to work through it in order to move forward and um, you can't bury that shit down because it will always always come back um, and not in a healthy great way usually so be vulnerable feel your feelings check out that feelings wheel and um deuces deuces and i'm gonna say it's not your job to feel good it is your job to feel fully i'm gonna say uh, stay active stay sober motherfuckers <laughs> soberpod.com 366 fucking days sober yeah it was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast was sprite and seagrams. Wrestling with my vices, exercising my demons. Uh. My blessings were blocked, so I never got the message. I'm stressing, I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Damn. Regret it, because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it, I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me, good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. Three. The wait's over, 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book, for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome, welcome.